again, welcome to Mission One Purpose. Purpose without mission is purposeless. It's not just a um, a great phrase or or something. I'm just saying it is it is unique because remember the people. Uh, people themselves that are affected by our lives and our leadership and the influence we have, whether we like it or not, it's one of those things that uh, it comes with the role of leading an organization, uh, a church, a a family, um, I I don't know, a classroom, whatever it is, okay, a situation, a team, it it matters. And, And seeking out and knowing that the purpose in the coaching is not just you winning games. Right, the purpose in the teaching. I'm going to present information that's true, but why? Those children that are sitting there, those young adults that are on the team, the peopleness of it, the humanity of it, is is a secret sauce in the mission, and therefore gives it purpose and definition, including life itself. So, guess what? Our first episode, this first episode, episode one. Not episode zero, which you should have listened to. Please do. It's my disclaimer of this entire podcast journey called Mission One Purpose. Um, This episode one is special. It's special not just because of the title, which I wouldn't play games on the title. It is called The Resurrection. Um, Not going to do anything sacrilegious with that, but it's called The Resurrection. Why? Because it's on Resurrection Sunday. Yes, this last past Resurrection Sunday, really at the beginning of the lockdown, the early weeks and days of the lockdown because of this, this pandemic and the lives that were being lost, uh, the, the unknown factors. There's a lot of unknowns still now. Um, but guess what? That was Easter. It was April 12th. And it just so happens that yours truly, Richard John Relaford, Rich Rell, this guy here, some of you know, some of you don't know, and uh, hopefully we get to know each other more was born that day. That's the whole point. So I was actually born on Resurrection Sunday. I know what you're thinking. What's the probability? I know what you're also thinking. Don't even, don't go there, Rich Rail. But I am. I feel special. And it will never happen again in my lifetime, most likely. Because the reality is it happened in the last time. If you look it up online, you can look at when Easter falls on April 12th, which is my birthday. And it was like 1932. I wasn't born then, FYI, if you were wondering. And I will not be alive probably in 2099 or 98, whenever it happens again. So it was a once in a lifetime opportunity where I absolutely took my birthday actually and set up and rigged this initial and maybe final, the only potential Mission One Purpose podcast that now is turning into uh, the fact that it won't be the only one. If that makes any sense, what I just said, you get what I'm saying? So it's special. Uh, yes, because I, I gained in maturity and age and experience. Uh, it was a Resurrection Sunday, which is important uh, and uh, epic to me. If you don't know what Resurrection Sunday is, it's day three after Jesus, the Christ was killed, that he actually resurrected and showed himself to 500 people, not to a couple, not to a few people at a dinner party. Like, if you really study the scriptures and, and the history around it, it's kind of hard to argue it, but I'm not going to go there. You, we, you can do your own research, research and so forth. So that day in itself is powerful, the, coming back to life, if you will. Some of us might need resurrection in different areas of our life. But at that time, um, I thought it was going to be the only one. And 
And I got to share that experience with my young adults. It's one of the things that maybe did not enter, uh, mention in episode zero, or maybe I did. I forget, forget already what I mentioned, um, because I'm really speaking with a framework, with notes, with intention, but organically and authentically. Um, I'm, I'm, I promise you that this is not pre-programmed. Anyone that comes on and talks to me, uh, it, we, you got to have that moment of rawness, authenticity, not shock just to be shocking, not entertainment just to be entertaining, not rhetoric just to sound wise and, and convincing, but that moment of authenticity where you see the humanity and the imperfections in us, in us all, the struggles in us all and the vulnerability. And that's what that day, Resurrection Sunday was. So I appreciate it. Um, and I, and I appreciate you joining us and I hope this helps you begin the journey, not uh, of love, mission, and oneness. And sometimes that starts with refining the purpose and the mission within your purpose. So let's take a listen and lean in and yes, remember the setting, uh, um, the climate of when this was happening beyond, uh, my birthday. Uh, and of course, but in honor of the fact that it was Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, if you will. And we're going to listen in. And I appreciate you. Wow. And I, this, this, the good part is I told. I told my son, Richard John Relaford II, RJ, and my daughter, Taylor, who's here with me. I have one other child. They're, they're the twins. They're the twins. The other one is Tamaya, not the other one. See, that sounds bad. I'm already messing up on the first, but I'm messing up because, <laughs> like, the other one makes you feel like you're, like, the mistake or something weird like that. No, no mistake. Uh, she's a tangible uh, child, but there's twins, and then it's Tamaya, and they're in here together helping me out. And... And it's a special day. And I feel weird about saying that because uh, let's be honest. I'm, am I saying it's a special day because it's my birthday and my new decade, 41-year-old birthday, or because it's Resurrection Sunday? First of all, let's do the right order. Number one, because of Resurrection, Resurrection Sunday, because I, me being a half-decent person is only because of uh, um, Jesus Christ and, and him becoming real and having a relationship with him. Uh, over 20 years ago now, 1998, actually, I remember. So that's number one. I have it in order. But number two, the last time this day happened in 1936 on April 12th was, e was Easter or Resurrection Sunday, whatever you call it. The next time it happens is in 2093. So folks, today is April 12th, uh, 2020. That's the year, correct? 2020, and it's happening. So most likely, this is the only time this broadcast at this moment will happen most likely who knows uh i'm the person as you get to know me through these through these podcasts and just through messaging and stuff that you'll that you'll know that i have a very loose relationship with life let's call it that like i'm i'm not the guy that's scared to die i don't i don't think i look for death uh, i do struggle with some things it's, and that might appeal to some of you guys as far as like emotional roller coasters depression uh, uh just just thoughts that happen in life and, and i take risks i played football for 15 years on uh, d1 level and i was pretty i don't want to say reckless but i definitely was on the side of um uh uh, aggressive let's call it i played with pure anger so all of that to say um life is important to me but um 
I will be surprised if I'm alive in 2093. But that's probably the person. That's probably the reason that I'll be alive in 2093. I'll be that old dude talking about I will die 17 times and all that stuff. And now I'm still alive. And um, so who knows? So maybe I will record this same episode if you hold on for 73 years and we'll do this again in 2093. Otherwise, um, this is the first and possibly last time this moment will happen in my life. And there's something humbling about that moment. Right. So just welcome um, to my mind, to my heart, to my spirit, to to like some of the physical things I've been able to do with my life and some of the challenges uh, right off the bat imperfect person so if you're a person of faith and you're listening to this for whatever reason and you're thinking all right this person has unlocked the secret to being able to live uh some sort of life of morality that i'm that i'm reaching towards and he has it figured out uh, you might want to skip right now uh or if you're looking at uh you're the other person where you feel like hey man just take life as it is whatever happens everything goes this is not for you either this is for the people they live in that tension between we're alive, so what? So why? Right? There, there's a reason. And if there's not a reason, I'm ready to go. Uh, um, there is a truth. But in the midst of that, there's a huge amount of grace. And then you do have a platform. Everyone has a platform. And what do you use that? What's your mission? What's your purpose? And we're going to delineate between those words too. All of that to say this. Why am I recording this? Really because of that moment. It is Resurrection Sunday. Uh, April 12th, 2020, and a lot of things are happening. So what I, I want to do um, is just take a moment to describe it. Since you weren't there, <laughs> uh, you weren't, right? Uh, I don't think you were there. But imagine uh, it is April 12th. I'm leaning into doing this podcast, Mission One Purpose, that I'm just like, it, it's today or never. I mean, that's how I, I am uh, about a lot of things. And it's not recklessness, but it's also an urgency about life. How many people, if I did a survey right now, knew, um, in your life, each year that you go on, that are no longer here with us, whether it's um, prior to their time or not. We don't. Who who knows their time? So my point for all this is this is your relationship with life and death does does matter, even in the purposelessness or the mission or the urgency to get there, or or do we always feel like there's tomorrow? So for me, there was no tomorrow. It was I had waited long enough. I felt compelled to have a conversation around this place of love, mission, and oneness, and human reconciliation. I'm doing this podcast. It's on my birthday. Then here come my young adults that I also threw out this whole story, whether I, I mentioned it uh, specifically or not. I was raising these children firsthand. So I was not the father that did not change diapers. I smelled like uh, a boo-boo, if you will, for four years straight, basically, if you get all of them out of diapers or three years. So I was hands-on and practice and burping and and riding bikes and wrestling and playing characters and dressing up and dolls and all that stuff. And these children are coming, these young adults are coming in to read this surprise to me. And, and this PowerPoint starts and there's both them on it. There's friends on it. There's volunteer staff and, 
and board members and council members from this new movement on it. And I was speechless. I was moved. Um, yeah, I'm just thankful that again, that I was obedient and saying, I, I, I'm not ready to record. I didn't have my thoughts completely together. I didn't know how folks were going to receive it. I didn't have the team together yet to even get it out. And, and now months later, um, I did save the recording and we're going to release it. So you're going to hear it here first. And I just want, um, yeah, it just, it just took me a few minutes to gain my, my composure. So then after that part, um, yeah, it just took me a minute. It just took me a little bit to regain my composure and move forward. And I don't want to ever lose that. I don't want to have the pressure to be so perfect or attempt to be perfect or present a perfect version of myself or whatever I'm doing that it loses the authenticity and the vulnerability. Okay. Um, so I guess we're going to transition, but the real life confession is um, genuine compliments are very hard for me to take. I can take surface level, level compliments all day long. And when people put together at time and from all these different walks of my life, but all connected through mission one race, it makes me um, both go back to the loneliness I felt in both launching the movement um, as well as physically during it as well. Um, I can't really describe what I went through. Genuine compliments are very difficult. And I'm just going to be the extremist that I am. The thing that Mission One Race gives me is, first of all, a satisfaction in the fact that I've at least attempted to do what I clearly heard God call me to do. Remove the complication between Him and the hurting person and say that he's there and he loves you. That's really the foundation of it all. Um, so the ark that he called Mission One Race was be a, to be an ark, not to exclude but that I think he was going to wash away all the misrepresentations of his character and his person, because God is a spirit, but he's a person, a personality, and to rewire it and to represent it, not in the only place, Mission One Race is in the only place, but my role in it is a simple statement that everyone gets his love and he's available for us all. He didn't care about country lines. He doesn't care about ethnicity mistakes, past, present, or future. He doesn't care about political views, lifestyles, all of that. He'll meet us where we're at. Is there ultimate truth? Absolutely. Is there a way to live a life of t integrity and high moral character and, and um, holiness and so forth? Absolutely. But the relationship is first, and that it comes out of a place of relationship and love 
over-motivated to live a life. And I think that is the transition. So the thank you is the fact that you, you all saw it or didn't see it or saw a part of it. And in, my, in a way, like in a big way, allowed me to feel love and satisfaction in being able to carry out the mission that God has put in my heart. But it was never just for me. It was for us. So there's really no greater compliment, no greater thanks, regardless of blood or, or any kind of connection before and after. We're connected through eternity because that's our goal to tell people we are, are not intrinsically different and we're uniquely the same. The uniqueness is the beauty. The sameness is the love and attention in which he made us. So for you all to see that and tolerate me in the process, it's kind of in this context, it never happened to this extent. And that's what all the walks of life, football, entertainment, me as a father in a relationship, all these other things and brokenness and mission one race isn't perfect, but there's something pure about like, if you want to ask me if I were to die, who is this man? This man, basically, if he was to be personified, it, he is Mission One Race. Willing to sacrifice for others, not because he thinks he's any better, has it figured out, like we're building it as we go, but he loves people. And I want to have that kind of life. And I've seen the pain and the hurt to people act and react to it. And I want to say thank you. This is... This is um, This is a birthday that I could, could that I will remember forever, and that I don't want to make it weird, but like, if this was it, I've, I've lived a life that I'm that I'm satisfied and thankful for. I'm sorry I have to go there because that's how I think. At this moment, at 41 years old, with this mission going, with my children and young adults healthy enough, and have a relationship with God, and and and. And the, the folks I've been able to help, the things that we'll leave behind, this this movement. I never wanted to be the single point of failure or the bottleneck. And I was at a point, even though we've only been around a little over a year. And you all, in this video and so forth, are the reason that that's not the, 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 um, the case anymore. So thank you. I, I don't want this podcast, this communication to ever become... Um, cookie cutter right I, I like acting I, I guess I should say a little bit about myself and I have a, an agenda in front of me that that first part I didn't know how long it was going to take or not and um but I knew it was important to do because it is my birthday and uh there there were many opportunities for me to actually physically not be here um but I'm here so so let's turn the corner and, and maybe take the agenda and, and lay a little bit of, the, of a foundation of where I want to go with the rest of this time here. And, and I, I'll make this commitment. We're for sure not going past 38 minutes. So, so you're going to hear a lot of eights and so forth. And I believe in eight now, seven number of completion, but eight, a number of newness. And we're doing new things. And I'm hoping that you start doing new things in your life, in your organization, in whatever the case may be. Now, everyone's probably listening to this and and uh, everyone, <laughs> everyone's probably listening to this. That's not what I mean. Like, this isn't necessarily towards a specific audience, but then it kind of is. 
Meaning I'm speaking to all of us in whatever area of leadership that we have and specifically folks that might actually have those tangible positions now as a faith leader, as a, as a leader in the school, as an administrator, as a teacher, as a parent, as a, as a friend. I mean, really, we're all uh, all leaders. Right. But then there's folks who actually have people um, looking to them. Right. Like physically, like 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 tangibly looking to them for guidance. Or, and or you've taken on education or, or uh, a craft, a skill, a vocation, whatever the case may be. And, we, and we've heard this term called purpose, right? And that's your purpose. Purpose is not bad. But, but my challenge with this podcast is purpose in itself. It's still not the means to end. This is no dog on Rick Warren. I love it, Rick. Purpose-driven life. Absolutely. But my challenge to that is, or the iteration to that, is not to throw that away, but to build on top of that and say that even if we feel like we've, quote, found our purpose, but don't know the purpose for the purpose, we've missed it in our life. Right? Because someone could say this completely selfishly and say, my purpose in life is to entertain. Awesome. Been there, done it. Still do it. Some actor, maybe not on level of uh, Denzel yet. Right. Or whatever you want to call it. But entertainment to an end itself or to the finite itself. Is what 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 value add after we leave after that person leaves, do they have uh, or what they've left in that person? So I kind of gave away my solution. Right. I kind of gave away what I'm saying with mission one purpose is that entertainment in itself is only valuable because of the person, the people on the other end of it. So purpose can be self-serving if you say that's my purpose, right? My purpose in life, I'm an accountant. There's nothing wrong with that. You're going to say, oh, if you're not in ministry or you're not in this uh, teaching or you're not in some area where you're directly day-to-day um, having conversations that have more of a social component to what you're doing, that's a lesser than role. I say, I challenge that and say no. If you actively look beyond that and say, why am I doing this? I, I've seen it. I know people that, that do those type of things that do technical roles. I'm an engineer by education. So I guess the way I'm going to do this and maybe later episodes, I'll break down more about my background, both both um, being one of 11, growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, though I was born um, uh, on the south side and I think it's St. Anne's Hospital or something like that. Um, being biz- physically, being being uh, um, sexually abused, being physically abused, being uh, uh, emotionally outcast at times, definitely being um, targeted, a t- ton of, of racism and just like being outcasted in but not in throughout, very angry, um, but then able to get educated, get a scholarship because of the physical abilities that God gave me and me applying them, right? So get a full-ride scholarship and get my mechanical polymer engineering degree and then be able to go to corporate America, then leave out, move to California, um, be able to serve in ministry throughout, like prison ministry, youth ministry, um, teach, uh, administrator, activities director, um, uh, now working with World Vision uh, w- w- as a senior partnerships manager, but also worked in um, doing 
doing um, fundraising with the non with World Vision, Team World Vision, and completing multiple marathons, uh, traveling a- around the world, seeing some of the work of those in extreme poverty, and 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 doing an Ironman, which is 140.6 miles, and then doing this Mission One race where we launch it. Why am I naming this? Not as a laundry list to be like that guy is so cool. I'm saying, in all of it, when the lights came on in 1998. The first thing that changed in my heart was a love for people. And that's not to say that in my own personal relationships, and one specifically, which we'll potentially get into, there hasn't been significant failures or struggle or even in the midst of that. So that's not what this is about. It's not about saying if you take a person for who they are and you have a difference because you find their character and, and the way they live and the way they approach life and that doesn't agree, or you don't find peace in that, no one's saying you're supposed to force that. But taking things that people are born as and or what they do and excluding them is an issue. Me on a, on a tape, me on, on, on a podcast... awkward I say awkward because all of the things are kind of going on within me and if you feel that way I think we can relate um, but I've been able to some because of fortune but a lot because of focus in that identity and definitely mainly because of my acceptance and understanding of the love of God, right? So even if you're a person, you say, man, this is just for church folks or just for believe." No, it's not. These principles of having a mission, that's where I'm going, outside of the purpose or understanding the mission or understanding your purpose through mission is important. And what's the difference between mission and purpose? Hold on to that. We're gonna, I'm going to hit that. That's what I'm actually going to close with, and I do want to go somewhere. So that first component was very uh, focused on my birthday, and I actually wanted to flip this whole thing and be started um, with the fact that today is an epic day. Today is is Resurrection Sunday, as I call it. I mean, we'll get more into it, but I, 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 I don't reject the term Easter completely, but there's a lot of implications to it. Um, so I prefer the term Resurrection Sunday. Don't, don't, you know, we, there's a perfect example there. We have certain opinions and certain things we don't have to be perfectly lined about, but it doesn't matter whether you say Easter or Resurrection Sunday or there might be other terms, right? The bottom line is something happened nearly 2,000 years ago and we're still talking about it. Um, Let's not get into proving, disproving that, but just know that if you do something right now today that we're still talking about for even 20 years, we'll all be surprised, <laughs> right? Like, let's just let's just keep that real, right? So it's Resurrection Sunday, and I want to take a moment to just say um, what an epic moment. And this moment is actually built into everything we do we actually want to see this in our movies and stuff too it's called the hero's journey look it up yourself every story basically movie typical say every or most whatever you want to call it has an arc built into it called a hero's journey and in that arc is basically emulating the story of christ meaning this right um um 
a hero or someone called to something, called to sacrifice. And in our in our version of it, it's normally a reluctant call to that, right? But then they, they go to it, they both sacrifice what they sacrifice, and then they have the dark moment of the soul, meaning like Saturday, yesterday was that. They have the dark moment of the soul, and then they're resurrected. Think about, if you think about your movies, that's in every movie. You have that moment where you go, I don't know how they're going to ever get out of this, right? So like it seems like all... Roads lead to destruction. All roads lead to calamity. And then somehow they're resurrected. Just take a moment. Even love stories. They're never going to get together. Well, look, I can't believe he did that. He should have just told her the truth. And now they're there. Wait, wait. She sees him writing a poem to a small baby and she's moved by it. Wait, he has a bigger heart than she thinks. Now she forgives him that he never told her that he was a biologist that one time, you know, lived in a cave in the in the city of Atlantis. I don't know, right? And she was offended by that because she said she would never live with someone who was a, a, a Navy man. I'm, I'm going down a trail. It doesn't matter. Point is, the relationship dies, the mission dies, the journey adventure dies, and then it's resurrected. That all comes from this deep, deep yearning that we have to know that there's more to life. So I want to say there's more to life and there's more to live for. And that's literally what this day means. Even before you get to a point, and I'm going to say before, that you say, man, I actually believe and have a relationship with Jesus. That you can appreciate the underdog, the humility, the leadership that he represented because we could say his purpose was, right? He had purposes in. He had a purpose to go and teach folks. He had purposes to go in and heal. But all of those things pointed to a greater mission. And here's the difference between mission and purpose, because purpose still can be oftentimes, and it's maybe a nuance in the words, to where it's like an activity or a task that can be either disconnected or connected to a person or not. Mission in itself, not just being a missionary. I mean, mission in itself implies something greater than ourselves, always. Something outside of us. Something oftentimes outside of our comfort zone. And I can challenge you, you can maybe uh, uh, submit, if you, if you disagree, always dealing with someone else. The, the nature of the word mission is on behalf of someone else besides me. If your purpose is to be a lawyer, right? You can help people. You can care about helping them or not, or you can just be doing your job and it can be self-serving. You could, that could be your purpose in life. What makes it your mission is, right? Is when you put the heart in it and you see that person and you say, my mission is to serve and help folks to find themselves caught in situations, Right? in which they're innocent, and I want to make sure I see justice on behalf of others. So, so part of it is it's sitting there. It could be sitting in our situation in, as a teacher. There could be a teacher that says, hey, my purpose is to teach in life. But it only becomes a mission, and we all know there's teachers that are just handling their purpose, and we know there's teachers that are on mission. You can feel it in their classroom, right? A teacher on mission takes the extra step the teacher on mission gets creative with that child. A teacher on mission, like Mrs. Vanderlinden, if I talk about what my life, when my, one of my shifts happened, mission, Mrs. Vanderlinden took her time, went out of her way 
saw a bad child, and I was bad, and said, what if there's something different about this young man? Got me tested, then into honors classes, then later uh, an honors throughout my life, and then ultimately become an engineering, uh, a, a, a mechanical polymer engineer, and all the other technical sales and project engineering roles, application engineering, engineering roles, automation engineering that I've done, all can go back to that fourth grade teacher being on mission. So let me land the plane here. I wanted to hit the resurrection. We hit that. I wanted to celebrate a moment, and I did not find out about that PowerPoint until right before I was going to record. Um, I wanted to give my testimony. I think I did that a bit, but, but come back. We'll, we'll dig more into these elements, and I'm going to tell you where we're going in a second. I wanted to talk about Mission One Race. I did that more so than I even thought, and we'll explain more about that. That's a nonprofit like I said, we're the, we're, we're, that I am the founder and, and president of, and, and it came from just a concept. Whether you believe in it or not, supernaturally, God uh, had placed it in my heart, allowed my life to be a life of, of the full range of benefits and or uh, brutality around ethnicity, race, and so forth, being on the outside. I mean, to the to the level we're talking about, gun to my head. I mean, I, I don't offend anybody with language, but I like to keep it real here, like gun to my head, like die, nigger, to my face, to that level, to also the beauty of coaches volunteering and giving their funds and their time to buy me cleats and equipment. And all these are from the same ethnic group. So I cannot say to you all anything, all that, or this, that. Does that make sense? Because when you see it, it's person by person. And you judge them by, as MLK would say, the content of their character. That's someone we're going to feature. So we're going to be featuring people in history as well that have walked that line of saying, hey, I want to live a life of mission versus just purpose, right? And, and the other part of this is saying that I truly believe there's only one mission. There's only one mission. No matter what your purposes are in life, there's only one mission. And it's people. At a moment when I was jogging and I and I asked God, would you believe you can talk to God or not? Just a casual conversation. Um, I was like, hey, what's on your mind? Flat out, he said, people. Now you can say that's ridiculous or not, but I then I go through the Bible, I go through the Ten Commandments. I, I look at Jesus's life, all of it on on behalf of the greatest valued thing on this earth and its people. So I challenge this statement. Hey, nothing personal. It's just business. Lie. Everything's personal. Should everything be offensive? No, that's different. But everything is personal. How we do it matters. Let me keep going. I talked to you about it a bit in my extremity, in my extreme thinking. I come to my birthday, I say, why even live another year? Like literally, I, I can show you the I can show you the the um the note, the Samsung note, okay, that I have in there where I say, I'm approaching this birthday, I have to do notes. My my good friends can ask you this, I mean can attest to this. And I said, I'm writing a list. And they weren't surprised because they know me by then. It's it's a death, it's a death wish and life wish list. They're like, what is wrong with you? Like these things I want to die. These things I want to live greater in my life. And I'm asking myself, why do I get to or why would I live another year? Surviving a long time ago was, 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 became empty for me. I used to be that person where you could say, hey, man, I'm, I'm still here surviving. Any day of life is a good day. Not necessarily. You can be a dead person walking. You can be a person even in your purpose and be dead. I'm probably talking to some people like that. Where you're like, I found my purpose, but something missing was missing is mission. 
mission is missing. I'm not even telling you, I'm not even evangelizing to you right now. I'm talking about what's missing, what wakes us up ultimately, the way we're wired is we are wired to care about things beyond ourselves, bigger than ourselves, beyond ourselves, stuff like that. Absolutely. That's what we're going to get into. We're going to see people and talk to people that are doing that. Look at people in history who have done that. And watch this. And, and, and I hit on this. The good in my life. I'm going through my list. It's a little random. I don't know if you're going to be able to follow me or not. We'll see. It'll become, it'll become more orderly as we move on, or maybe it won't be. Right? The, the, we'll talk about my good, the blessings, the good things that happen, my bad, the failures, plenty of failures there. Um, past. I hit on the past a bit. Um, that we will have awkward moments where we are calling the church itself to be the way Christ founded it and to be the one place that people could go to and say, you know what, if anybody will accept me, it will be them. And our mission is people, not buildings. Our mission is people, not programs, right? And we start looking at the metrics around that. Um, and we hit at the very beginning the legacy that I hope, hope to leave. And Mission One Race is that legacy. You're going to think, oh, how could he not mention this? He's launching a podcast in the midst of this time where we're going through this crisis. And I haven't even heard him say COVID-19. And that was intentional. Because, not to be clueless about it, but to also say, does that define us ultimately? Like, are we saying that this is it? I mean, because it becomes personal, too. When tragedy strikes you personally, when adversarial energy or actually things comes, what, what do we all do? Because I talked to you about there, there's There's been setbacks. I can't even remember a moment in my life that, that hasn't been uh, an extreme setback or marginal setback or whatever. But let me say this. And also at each pivotal thing, each pivotal success, there's been naysayers every single time and reasons to quit. And I don't know what it is. That's why I give all the credit to God where I had something in me where I was like, I hear you saying what I can't do. I hear you telling me that that's too hard of a degree. I hear you telling me my size tells me I can't be a football player. I'm hearing you telling me that only people like this can be able to bring the word and, and bring people in. I hear you telling me that folks don't just go into Hollywood and be able to get agents and be able to get, do commercials and stuff like that. I hear you telling me that this is what I'm supposed to do or how I'm supposed to act because I'm black. I hear you telling me all these things, right? But God helped me guard my heart and my mind and my identity to know that I don't give a care if no one ever before has done it or everyone before did do it that way. What does that have to do with me? And that's not arrogance. It didn't come from, from extreme confidence, extreme arrogance. There's a groundedness that if you need to be the first, then be the first. The first whatever you are, the first woman to do it, the first person from that area to do it, the first person without that to do it, the first person to do it with no legs, the first person to do you get what I'm saying? First human to do it, whatever. Like, that's what I'm calling to. But do it for the right reasons. I've seen a couple of documentaries. Don't just do it because you want to impress some, someone. Do it because you want to inspire folks. Do it because you want to touch someone. That's the mission one purpose. Both calling people of faith, calling people of, of leadership, calling people of, of leadership in the household, all the way through the boardroom, through CEOs, through pastors, through whoever it is, to live a mission, one purpose. So one, the one purpose, the one mission of that purpose, whether you have multiple purposes too. I look at myself like, what's my purpose? 
There's multiple channels that you can say your purpose could have been engineering, your purpose could have been football player, your purpose could have been doing ministry, your purpose could have been this nonprofit. But the one mission, though, is to love on people. And then ultimately, when you get close enough, when the interest comes within you, is to point and direct you to the, the person, the God that changed me. And the reason I know he's real is every time I look into the mirror. Okay. The main takeaways of that day, the main takeaways, there was so much there. I hope not only you enjoyed it, but there was something in there for you that you could relate to and speak to. But our main takeaways for that day and, and what's to come is this hope, right? Or I hope there's a portion that resonates with you. Something just grab onto that. And it's okay if not all of this hits the sweet spot because there's going to be more orderly and systematic as we go through. But I feel like we're building a relationship, right? We're building a relationship even as we do this podcast, right? We're going to keep doing it, okay? Whenever you do something, remember this, this is a takeaway for you. Try to find the mission in it. Even if the person says, that's the next step. Yes, find a purpose. So if you're at the place now where you're like, I don't know where I'm living, the first step absolutely is, okay, let me get some purpose going. But we might be able to reverse that. What people or person or group or youth or, 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 or gender or whatever you think you have something unique that you can share and positively influence. So mission first and then a purpose to serve in that arena or those that are in the margins of society on any way. Some point we're going to lean into something I call the false degrees of separation. There's plenty of ways that we have directly and indirectly as a society and our systems have kept people in the margins and separated them from ourselves, right? Something as simple as location and vocation to something as uh, volatile as ethnicity, gender, identity, all those things, right? We know about those. So how do you serve someone in those categories? Think about that. Next. Lean into and struggle with and wrestle with if you want to, whether you believe that we are uniquely the same. I'm okay with even that, that, that tension there because it seems to be a contradiction, but it's not leaning to we are uniquely the same. It honors the uniqueness. And even uh, at some point we'll, we'll, we'll continue to talk about it. Uniqueness is not the problem. Ethnicity is not the problem. That's why colorblind is not the solution on any level. Because that is denouncing something that's beautifully a part of who you are, who I am. It's the social ties, the lies attached to groups, right? To crafts, to ethnicities, to genders, to lifestyles that we start to have prejudice or prejudge. That's the problem. The skin color is not the problem. It's the lies that we have slowly be, been romanced with and influenced with. Something else to think about. Do you struggle with your leadership in the area of inclusion? Let's just be real about that. It's not easy. Our defaults sometimes are like, I know that. That's a controlled area. That's a, their background I get. We have that cool affinity. We both play football. You play football. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not making fun of it, but that, 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 that comfort can be dangerous. Comfort cannot dictate all our even majority of our leadership decisions. I'm not saying like there won't be that win where that person both has the background, the skills, the cadence, the competence, you know what I mean? The capacity, all of it. And, and they happen to have a ton in common with you. I think we all get those like uh, moments, but also what about the person that you actually do have views that are challenged 
that's super healthy at times too, in respectful and, and proper ways. So where do you struggle in terms of diversity? And how do we take that diversity to not just a diversity conversation, to a oneness conversation where it's an eye to eye? So start it with making sure there's the reverse circle around you, but land it in the fact that I guarantee you there's way more things in common with that human being than there are that are different. Okay. We want to move away from just tolerating people, but actually tangibly loving them. We're, we're beautiful, created, right? By love and the touch and the heart of God. We want to guide you to your mission within your purpose. That's it. The purpose, the mission is within the purpose. So the purpose itself is not the problem. But there's always a both and to even our benefits. We're never blessed. We're never uh, given something just for us. That's just the thing. I'm going to bless you to make you a blessing. We, a, lot, a lot of folks that are uh, of the Christian faith know that or Jewish faith know that. That's, that's what God said to Abraham. They even said that to the, to the chosen people. The Israelites was really, I'm going to bless you and walk with you so that the world sees it. And then therefore, they will come and know that I'm the true God. So this false us and them of the Gentile, even Jew experience was not God's intention. Just, just, just to be clear. So we're going to speak more about purposes, but mission is, 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 is sandwiched in between love and oneness is where we're going. So let's explore this journey, this path, and, and get there together. So if you feel called to join us, partner with us, learn more about us, connect with us on missiononerace.org. Uh, you can reach out to me in my, my social media at Richard Relliford on Instagram at Richard Relliford on, on um, uh, Twitter or my Facebook, Richard Rich Rail, all those things. You'll search, you'll see. We'll put some of that in the comments, but, in, but be sure to follow specifically the Mission One Purpose Instagram and join the community there, Mission One Purpose on Facebook. And I'm looking forward to it. Tune in next episode. We will have our first guest. So we kind of had guests this way. I shouldn't say our first guest, but our first guest leading out uh, in their community, in their area, and we will dig into a, um, a conversation with them really about the, the laser focus of their mission. And uh, as always, your brother, in the name of signing off on behalf of Love, Mission, and Oneness. Love you all. God bless. One love, one race.